Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is SimCity for the Super Nintendo. SimCity was designed by Will Wright, but SimCity for the Super Nintendo was developed and published by Nintendo themselves. Wow, first party. Yes, the R&D4 team. Okay. The big boys. I see, I see. And it was published in Japan in April of 1991, in North America in August of 1991, and in PAL territories in September of 92. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I guess a year is about standard Yeah. at this point. Sadly, it is. Now, this game was built from the ground up by the Nintendo staff. They did not use any pre-existing code, from what I understand. Oh, really? Yeah, because of the Super Nintendo's nature being not a PC, of course. Sure, yeah. And uh, they were such fans of the game internally that they really wanted to do it justice. Okay, yeah. And, of course, this was not just a simple port of the game. They did make some, uh, well, some people would consider improvements. They added a few buildings to it. Yeah, okay. And, of course, there's... a uh, different sound in some places, but they added the character of Dr. Wright. Yeah, he's your little, I don't know, avatar, I don't want to say Tutorial avatar. helper. Yeah, yeah, he gives you advice and such. And he is slightly modeled after the designer Will Wright. Right, right. And they also updated the graphics in some different ways. Interestingly, uh, they made things a little more Japanese-looking. Really? Oh, I, I the didn't downtown notice. areas and, and the residential areas as well. Fair enough. That's why they all have, like, the orange roofs, kind of like the tile. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I can see what you're talking about. And on top of that, they did add their Nintendo sheen to it. So you do have some little fun Easter eggs. Well, not really Easter eggs, but parts of the game that are Nintendo-centric, such as Bowser appearing and uh, Mario in statue form. Sure, yeah. Now, we must also talk about the phenomenon that was SimCity. Uh, Not just every PC game makes its way to a Nintendo console. Yeah, SimCity was big. Um, I don't know when I first played it, but I had played it at school in our computer lab on it was on apple on max black and white so this was a big improvement yeah. graphically. now will wright's first game was uh called raid on bungling bay and it was a game where you would take out enemy encampments and territories by cutting off supplies and routes and mm-hmm. electricity things like that yeah yeah and he found that developing levels for that game was almost as fun as playing it right right so he took that tool set and then famously developed that into the game that would be sim city which did first come out on uh, i think mac and pc gotcha and also very interestingly this game was announced for the nintendo entertainment system and it was shown briefly at the ces winter in 1991 right but recently hasn't that turned up the rom or yeah they thought it was lost forever but at the portland retro gaming expo in 2017 someone did have the cartridge there uh i think it's not the full full game right right. but it is a huge chunk of it and it was dumped and now available to anyone that wants to go look for it cool yeah it's a pretty uh, amazing technical feat in in a couple different ways oh i'm sure cramming all that into a tiny nintendo cartridge yes definitely not easy and then of course there were a billion sequels and spinoffs to this game we had uh, SimCity 2000 
Sure, I played that. There was what Sim Ant, Sim Copter, Sim Copter, a lot of the uh, Sims, and then yes, there's always uh, add-ons to these games, and of course the Sims, which is one of the top-selling games of all time. Yeah, so crazy that what a franchise, man. I mean, they are still coming out with expansion packs for that game. Man, yeah, because that's been around for a while too. Yeah. At least ten years, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It it continues to be a juggernaut in the gaming industry, and who knows when it will end. Yeah, <laughs> lining Will Wright's pockets. And EAs, because they are now the holders. (laughs) Right, yeah. Well, Nick, what kind of game is SimCity? It is a city building? uh, Not a racing game? No, no. It's it's a first-person shooter. No, it's a city building uh, slash management sim where you are the mayor of a simulated city. Hence the name. Now, this originally did have some other title. I don't remember what it is now. Oh, yeah. But I'm pretty sure whatever it was, it was was Simopolis or something. Oh, yeah. SimCity's better. It was already taken by some other company. Oh, okay. Hey, good. That worked out. Happy accident. Indeed. And this game is, of course, a simulation game, and it's on the Super Nintendo. And, of course, in many simulation games on the PC, you use your keyboard and mouse, and the mouse is used to point and click through all the menus you need. Right, right. But this game came out before the is the Super Nintendo mouse. Right, right. And in turn, you will be using a controller for all of your movements. Yeah, there and are actions. a few games similar in layout, you know, on the Super Nintendo. And it always, man, it does hurt a bit. It's It slows you up, you know, moving that cursor with the D-pad kind of stinks. Yeah, because most of what you will be doing in this game is moving a, a cursor around with that D-pad and, you know, selecting areas or buttons with yeah. that cursor. Yep. And so to really trip you up, unlike most Nintendo games, it is your B button that is your confirm button. Yeah. It's Xbox style. It took me a minute. Thankfully, you're not falling down pits or anything or, you know, there's not too many immediate negative consequences for you learning, you know, this. Yes. And then you have the X button, which will remove the menus and just give you a view of what's happening. Right. Uh, And then the most important button is either the A or the Y button, and that lets you move quickly. Yeah. Around your map. Yeah, that you'll be using that a lot. And you're not beholden to your cursor speed at that point, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, sadly, the L and R buttons are not used in this game. Yeah, it's weird. The L does some weird stuff, I- I've noticed, like, involved in some cheats, but other than yes. that. Yes, but I do think that this game really could have benefited from some L and R action. Sure, if you could just hit L and it would, like... Cycle through the buttons Yeah, on the yeah. left, Yep, and it then... would have made this game... 50% more enjoyable during certain <laughs> certain portions. Yeah, yeah. Not overall, but it would have made the movement a lot better. Definitely. So when you start up SimCity, you are given a few options. You yeah. have uh, create a new city. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, you can choose from up to 999 landforms. Yeah, and those are all pre-made. And, you know, from what I've read online, there are ones that are much better than others, especially if you're trying to go for the megalopolis. Yeah, there are some that are islands, which are generally, I mean, that... They say no islands. You don't want that, no, because uh, having a corner on the map of land is very useful in preventing pollution, or certainly you can just stick it in the corner where half of it goes off the map and you don't have to deal with it, so that, that helps there, and although, conversely, if you have all land, you don't want that either because you want some water to have, like, shorefront property and increases the value and blah, that attracts people, which is what you want. Indeed. 
it is kind of unfortunate that you have to very slowly sc scroll through them. You know, you, yes. you have to input the number on this little <laughs> pretty counter. Yeah, and it, it looks like a like when you type in your name and stuff, you get that interface. It looks like an old early '90s word processor. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty funny. But yeah, the manual does have like the first one or two hundred of the landforms. You can see a little map of them in the back, so that's yeah. helpful. Yes, it does. And once you know which number you want, or you find a really cool one, you can always write that number down, use it again. It will be the same exact map. Yeah, yeah. Now you can also uh, continue a game, correct? That's right. You can save your game here, and and thank God because <laughs> there's no way to play this in one sitting. Indeed. I mean, that would be quite the marathon. Although I have seen a playthrough of Zero to Megalopolis in like one and a half hours. Yeah. Man, I, I bet. You could do it if you really know what you're doing. But. Yeah, it's basically all just cheating and pre-planning. Right, right. It is a very boring uh, watch because big <laughs> chunks of it are just nothing happening at all. Right. Yeah, yeah. You can also choose your difficulty. There's three. There's easy, medium, and hard. And those affect not just uh, the money you get when you start the game, right? but the frequencies of disasters. Yeah, I, I played on easy. Uh -huh. um, of course. <laughs> I, I always had. And one of the big things is that on easy... You will not experience nuclear meltdowns from your power plants. Yeah. Making them far and away the best buy. I then. think it's still possible if they catch on fire from something else. Right, right. But, but they will not experience it on their own, which yeah. we'll get into the mechanics of that in a bit. On easy, you start with $20,000, uh, medium's ten, and hard is 5000 I believe. And 20000 is a, a lot, it seems like, at first. Yeah, at first. But ugh, this is expensive stuff. It is indeed. So I think the internet contends that the best map to go for the Megalopolis is number 61. I saw that, yeah. Um, I just played on number zero because it seemed good enough. You know? Yeah. It's of the type. I did play on 61, but I'm not good enough to Megalopolis at it. Ah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, and that's because it only contains 15% water. Right. You want just enough. Right. And I don't think any of it is in the corners. Now, you can also select a scenario, and we'll get into those in our level-by-level level portion of the show. Yeah. But normally, you're going to just start your game. And when you do, one of the first things you're going to want to change is the game speed. Yeah, you have four options. You have, what, fast, medium, slow, and then stop. Yes. Right? And stop is uh, represented by a sleeping man. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's a good little graphical representation of the speeds. Well, that's something that, that that's very useful because then you don't have to worry about racing against, you know, if there's a fire or something. Correct. You know, you can stop it and then get your bearings. So, of course, the goal of this game, uh, if there is one, because this game never ends. Right. Is to make the largest population city possible and the largest one they will recognize is the megalopolis yeah that's what half a million five hundred thousand well you start out as a village and that's zero to two thousand people right and then you move on to a town and that's two thousand to ten thousand okay uh then you become a city which is ten thousand to fifty thousand and then we get to my stopping point which is the metropolis right right uh and that is from one hundred thousand to five hundred thousand right that's that's where i ended as well yeah and, uh, of course, then uh, Megalopolis is 500,000 and plus. I've read that. I, I think that the, I don't know if it's a record, but the highest you can really get is about like 800 some thousand is what I was reading. Map in will some support. Things. Yeah, yeah. Like just the amount of space and no matter how good you do it, you know. But I, I was nowhere near that. So, Well, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this game. Because the way you affect 
all of this is by spending money to build things. And you lay these things down on a kind of hidden grid that is your map. Yeah, there is that. That's a something that was new to me, the the 4x4 four four grid of, of effect, kind of, uh-huh. that underlies. But you can manipulate that in a way to get the most out of your gifts for their property value bonuses. Well, not just that, but you lay down your buildings, roads, and whatnot on a grid that's not expressly shown to you. Right, right. And let's go through all of the things you can build. We'll talk about them briefly, and then we'll get into the mechanics of how they work with the other systems. So, of course, we have your most basic things you can do, such as bulldoze an area. Right, yeah. Costs a dollar per square. Which, you know, is fair, I guess. I don't like spending it, but it's never really <laughs> going to hurt you too bad. Yeah, it's pretty pretty reasonable. And you can turn on, there's an option up in the, one of the menus to turn on the auto bulldoze, which that means you don't have to bulldoze every, you know, these trees or whatever before Correct. you can just build on top of them and it'll include the cost in that. So that's that's nice. Yeah, you should probably turn that on. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then you have your most basic of building infrastructure, and that would be your transportation. And those are roads and mass transit lines. Yeah, the roads are $10 a square, and the rails are $20. So, And they also cost, you know, you will be paying upkeep at the end of each year. It's part, of, it's part of your budget here, so the rails also are twice as expensive there. Yes, and now the other thing you have to think about is that things do cost more when you build them over water, if they can be. Oh, right. I think that further doubles it, right? Yes, it does. But the pros and cons are that the roads create pollution. Yes. Which is bad. Yeah, and people don't like it, and that will affect your your scores and and your populations. And mass transit, zero pollution. Yeah, so that's that's definitely the way to go. Uh, It is just the downside is double the cost and double the pay for upkeep. Which is, you know... You don't get a lot of money, so I, I can understand where you might want to start with roads and such. But it really behooves you to, I think, start with rails and just never lay down a road. That's the way I always do it. Yeah. In- indeed. No cars in my town. Uh, the next step, you can build a park. Yeah, um, and they're they're small as well, $10 a square. And it's just a little patch of, of green land. Yeah, they help uh, alleviate pollution. And... and they do raise land values a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They're really good for... Awkward little chunks of the map where not a full building will go. Right, right. If you, yeah, exactly. And then next up, we have the different zones you can build. And it's, you're not just building a building. You're putting in a whole little block. And uh, we have residential, commercial, and industrial zones. Now, this game was built off of the back of some like industrial manuals and science like uh, guides of planning. Yeah. In fact, if you read the instruction manual for the PC version, it has like Here's some other reading you may be into <laughs> that is like technical and like, you know, uh, scholarly stuff on city planning and things like that. I, I believe it. It's uh, it's pretty in-depth. But, you know, if you build a residential zone, it costs you $100. Right. And these will, you know, all of these can kind of grow into, depending on their property value and such, into different kind of looking buildings. But the residential is can manifest itself in... You know, it's a, it's a little square, which is kind of like a three-by-three three grid of little houses. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other ones will generally just, you know, like an industrial zone will look like a factory. But, you know, and they'll, they'll grow into different things as well. And, of course, if we didn't mention it, residential is where people live. So you need these, and you need more of them to get more people into your city. Yeah, these, these three zones form the core of your city-building stratagems. And if they become a high enough property value and go through all their levels... And surrounded by things that do make them prosper, they can turn into schools or hospitals. Yeah, which are good and bad. 
because they, you know, they're high value. But there's no people living in them. Right. And, you know, the ultimate expression of the residential or commercial ones is the top, where two side-by-side zones will merge into one super zone. And it becomes like a high-rise complex. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's what you want. But if something, if one of them turns into a school or hospital, it's not going to get to the full final value. Yeah, indeed. The, you know, later on in the game, you might go back and start bulldozing some schools and hospitals to make room for your high-rises. And then, of course, none of these zones can be built over water. Right. Uh, well, next up, we'll talk about the commercial zone. And let's go back. Uh, the residential zone is R on its block when it is not powered. Mm-hmm. And it is red. Right. And then we have the commercial zone, which is blue and also costs $100. Yeah, and these are businesses, I guess. Um Yes. Places where you spend your or residents would spend their money. These as well. Um, I don't know if what if they turn into anything in particular on the way, but you can get a commercial up to the top level as well. Yes. And these apparently have the least amount of sway over people's happiness in the city. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, you need them, but they don't need them as much as jobs or housing. Right. Which leads us right into our final zone, the industrial zone which is uh, marked by an I, and it is yellow. Yeah, and these will be factories, manufacturing-like jobs. They typically are your one of your biggest offenders of, of pollution. Yep, and they're also $100. But they give people a place to work, which uh, does draw more people into your city. Yeah, you have to do it. Um, you know, you, you, need, you need a balance of all three, really. Yes. Although we should mention that um, um, all three of these zones, the residential, commercial, and industrial zones, need power and access for them to grow. Yeah, you have to put power lines into them, which we didn't mention those, which we should have mentioned them before. Oh, yeah, well, power lines are $5 a piece. Yeah, and you can take them over water, mm-hmm. and you know you don't have to connect every single unit. Uh, if units are touching, they will con- transmit power, and then you can continue on between them with more power lines. Right, right. But importantly, you know, and the access can be as little as just one piece of road or rail touching one of one side of the square, and that's enough for it to develop. And then, of course, wherever there's commercial enterprises or people living, and even sometimes in the residential areas, there is crime. Crime! And people will become unhappy if the crime rate rises too high. And to combat that, you need to build police departments. Yes, a police station will run you $500. Yeah, and that... It gives you a small radius of protection from where it is built. Uh, and then it does cost $100 to maintain per year. Right, which can add up as your city grows. Indefinitely. Uh, but if you build enough of these, you will be given a police headquarters. Yeah, that's a, a gift, which is uh, very nice. It's a more advanced, or a larger radius. Yeah, we'll get into all the gifts here, I think, after this list. Because we also want to talk about the other support department and there's a fire department yeah it's also five hundred dollars and it has a small radius that will protect you from fires that will randomly appear throughout time yeah which on easy you won't see too terribly many of them i've found yes but uh both the police station and fire station need power to operate but they actually don't require access they don't work as efficiently if they don't have access but that's true whatever but um, if you're just using them, because they're both good for nearby property values. So if you're using them for that, you can stick them in the middle of a block of, you know, other zones. Yeah, the donut method, which I'm sure we'll get to in our general chat. Now, those both have the upkeep because they are services to the public. Right. But the, our next few luckily do not. And we'll start with the stadium. The stadium, yeah. It's a big sporting event stadium. 
it is three thousand dollars it is expensive and this you know all the previous zones and stations we talked about are again just a three by three block but yes. this is a four by four, so it's a different size. And, you and know, it's annoying. Yeah, fitting it in is kind of weird sometimes. It always screws up your, your plans and your grid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you can always pad out the rest with some park. That's that's usually my, yeah. my go-to. Uh, stadiums are good for property values as well as at some point the people will just demand a stadium. You'll get a little message, yeah. and you have to build at least one then. They, so. they love them. They got to go see their blood sports. Yeah, yeah. That's what's in there, right? I would imagine. In my city, yeah. And then eventually you will get a zoo gift because of uh, the number of stadiums you've built. Yeah. So our final kind of uh, different building here is the seaport. That's right. Uh, Seaport is $5,000, getting even more expensive. And it puts a little ship into the water on your map. Yeah. um, It generates a lot of pollution. I don't know, like, mathematically what its real effect is. I know at some point industry will demand it. Yeah, you have to build it to grow any further. So you've got to build one. At least, but I don't think there are any benefits to building more than one. No, and I don't think it has to be on water either. Right, which is weird, but I refuse to do It's just It's got to be on the water, man. Fair enough. Aesthetically. But none of these things will work without power, as we talked about earlier. Right. You don't have just one option. You have two options for power, and those are nuclear and coal power plants. That's right. Uh, The nuclear plant is $5,000 a piece, and the coal plants are $3,000. Yes. Now... It is cheaper to make the coal plant, and it will not melt down ever. So you don't have to worry about that. Right. But it does create a ton of pollution. Yeah. And it has less power overall, I think one-third right. of, of the power generated. So you will need more. So it really, in every way, it makes more sense to build a nuclear power plant because you will get more buildings out of it with less pollution. I love the idea that you have nuclear power plants in 1900. Yes. <laughs> uh, and if a nuclear power plant melts down... It is a big problem, though, because oh, yeah. it will then irradiate land around that yeah. plant that was no longer useful for the entirety of the game. Yeah, you'll have a bunch of radiation symbols everywhere. Got to start bulldozing stuff to prevent spread. It, it's no fun. Not at all. But if you play on easy, you don't got to worry about it. Yeah, for the most part. Uh, and then finally, we should have talked about it with the seaport is the opposite, the airport. The airport, yes, it's... Very expensive for $10,000. Yeah, it is super expensive. And what it does is it puts a helicopter flying around your city yeah, yeah. and an airplane that flies overhead. But the real key is that you have to build this at some point or you can no longer grow. Yeah, it's another, like the seaport, industry demands it. Now, the airport is also a pollution-making machine. Oh, yeah, you want this in the corner. Yes, definitely. And it takes up more space than your average building as well. Yeah, I think it's like five by five, isn't it? It's the biggest It thing. is. It's even bigger than a power plant. Crazy. Crazy indeed. Now, those aren't the only buildings in the game because, as we mentioned, the Super Nintendo game adds a few new ones. And these are gifts. Special buildings that, well, they're gifts in a way, but you still have to pay for these things. Yeah, but they're only, what, like $100 a piece, I think? Uh, or they vary in price? But some of them do have an upkeep that you do have to pay for. Okay. And first, let's talk about the amusement park. Yeah, this is one... Um, it's just from residential zones, building X. Number right. of roads, schools, and hospitals. Ah, okay. Are things that unlock it. Gotcha. It's, uh, you know, and that gives you a little money, right? For... $100 a year. Ooh, and, but most importantly, it's really good for property value. As I think all of these are. Right, yeah. Uh, also, very early on, you will be given the option of uh, visiting the bank. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, this bank will give you a loan of... What, $10,000, I think? Yes, and it's pretty much you have to take that loan if you're not cheating. Oh, sure, yeah. You pay it back over 
what? 20 years, I think, yeah. at $500 a year. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, at the end of the thing, you've only paid $500 in interest total. So it's definitely worth it. And you have to have it. You need that money. Oh, yeah, early on. And it's also good. Uh, the bank will help develop commercial zones nearby. So that it's good for that as well. Excellent. Next up, we have the opposite of a bank, the casino. <laughs> yeah. A casino is similar to the amusement park in that it, it generates more money for you. Yes, but it has a uh, no. It, no, it's the same amount, a hundred dollars. Oh, okay. But it does have a negative side to it, and that is it will create raise the city's crime rate by one point. It, yeah, so you don't want that. But if you build it next to some police stations, you should be okay. Right, right. I didn't build any of these. I always. I didn't the, either. I always stuck with the amusement park. It's a you know cleaner, more wholesome. Yeah, fun. That's right. If you're lucky enough, you may be gifted the expo to build. Yeah, and this is I, what is this from building industrial centers? You have or? to have a seaport and an airport. Uh, oh, okay, right. Yeah, this is another one that's great for commercial zones. I always surround it with those blues. Yeah, it raises the land value across the board, but it's especially good for those. And then, as we also mentioned earlier, you build enough fire departments, you will get a fire headquarters. Yeah, similar uh, to a fire department, but bigger radius, better value. And it costs $100 a year to maintain, so it's not going to break the bank. Uh, one of my favorites is the gift of the fountain. And that is if you play till 1950. Yeah, I didn't make it there this time. No, I did not either. I do remember getting it, though, in, in the past. It brings you $100 a year from all the, the change thrown in. Nice. It is. But uh, I definitely had access to the landfill. Oh, yeah. You'll get quite a few of these towards the end, and you'll need them. Yes. Once you start running out of space on the map, you get access to it. Yeah, and there are certain uh, intervals where it'll keep giving you more, and uh, you want to use them to, you just basically create a, you have a three-by-three three little grid of land that you can plop over some water and build it into new developed land. Very useful. Especially because it's, by nature, will now be coastal property, which is worth more. So, yeah, it's 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 gold, Jerry. Now, once you have built enough of those little parks, 300, 600, or 900 tiles, you will be gifted a large park. Yeah, this is a square, a three by three square, unlike the actual little parks, which are just one little midgy yeah. one. A very central park style park. Yeah, yeah. But it's the same but better. Better for your property value, which is the name of the game. And it does bring in a hundred dollars per year. Nice. Uh, now if you've built enough schools, three, six, or nine, you will be gifted a library. Yeah, this is a um, same thing here, man. <laughs> like property value. It's a, most of these gifts are, I think that's their main yeah, Focus. I always put this one in residential areas. I'm not sure if that's... I think it's better, better there, those. but I feel like it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then, much like the fire headquarters, you have the police headquarters, larger radius, and you get that from 6, 12, or 18 police departments built. And those are also just $100 a year to maintain. Now, once you have built 58 kilometers or 200 kilometers of track, you will be gifted a train station. They look cool. They look cool, but, I mean, again, they're, they're really good for a commercial zone, so I stick them in the middle of a donut. It looks weird, and it drives me nuts, kind of, because yeah. they have all these little tracks coming off that go nowhere. Once you have reached a capital, which is 50,000 people, a special designation you'll be given, a view. Oh, yeah, yeah, you get your little scale model. It's in one of the menus. Yep, and it's not a building you lay down, but it is kind of a nice little thing you can go check out. It's a little weird, though. It looks almost exactly like the map. It's just, like, tilted. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, but, you know, a physical thing you will get after developing 150 or 500 zones is a classic windmill. Oh, right. Yeah, windmills. More property value, man. Definitely. That's, I think, all it does. Just as the gift you get when you reach 2,000 people, that's town level, you are given your own house. Yeah, the mayor's house. 
And it is also just a land value, you know, increasing gift. I think it works best with residential, so I usually makes sense. Although I, I who doesn't want to live near the mayor? When I was uh, when I was young, I would always build it off by itself, surrounded by parks and things. Or I was I wouldn't have the normal riffraff near my house, but now I am that riffraff. So the circle is complete. Almost at the end here, we have the zoo, and that is when you get two thousand people, or you have built two additional stadiums after your first zoo. Oh right. Yep, great for property value. Get it out there. Yeah, and it also does bring in some money, $100 a year to the city. I see. And then we have our final gift from the people of the city. And that is when you reach a megalopolis, a feat that sadly I have never achieved or seen. And that is the Mario statue. Yeah, I have never gotten there yet. It raises land value of all types and is like a uh, Mario version of the Statue of Liberty. Right, right, yeah. Or perhaps the Jesus of... Brazil, <laughs> take your pick. What is that? Crystal Redentor? Yes. Some, yeah, yeah. None of those statues have a cool sound effect that I've never heard in the game, but I I got it just for us. Oh, there it is. Oh, that's yeah, nice. yeah, a little, little like cheer. A marimba, xylophone sound, and the cheering crowds. Yeah, yeah. That's very nice. So those are all of the various things you can build to influence the game. But those are not the only ways you can interact with the game. That's right. These, all of these things we just discussed will be found in a, what I call the sidebar. It's a menu, a vertical menu on the left side of the screen. Familiar to anyone that's played a real-time strategy, turn-based strategy, yeah. or used even like Photoshop or MS yeah. Paint. Yeah. But at the top of the screen is a whole other set of options and menus that help you figure out what's going on with your city and how to grow it. Yeah. So I think we mentioned earlier that there is a game speed menu, but there are a few other menus. That option menu has the auto bulldoze thing you talked about um, right. and a couple other auto things like budget um, and, and background music, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think it's also where you put in your disasters. Yeah, yeah. Which, hold on, we're getting there. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> but most importantly is the information screen you have access to there. Yeah, your info menu, I feel like... It should be a hotkey. It should, well, and I, I feel like it should be the main top menu while all the other ones should be in a sub-menu. You know, they should be reversed in a way because Agreed. I was constantly... I barely ever used any of the other ones, but no. I was and going in here a lot. If this would have been, you know, your Y button or something like that, yeah. or select even, it would have yeah. been great. Yeah. But in this information screen, you have access to a separate map. Yeah, and the map is the big one. Yeah, you are going to be looking at this a lot because it gives you a full view of the entire area. Yeah, and then you have a bunch of filters you can look through. Yes. Where it'll affect, you know, you can look at where all your various zones are located. And that's the comprehensive map. Yeah, yeah. And it just shows you basically residential, commercial, industrial, boom, color, this is where it is. Right, right. Uh, and then you have power grid. Yeah, which, you know, you can make sure that everyone's connected up right here. If you see uh, any green spots, that's a place that does not have power. And for the most part, it's not going to happen. Cause right. It's easy to remember, but sometimes you may mess up. Yep, yeah. yeah. And then you have the road map. Yeah, which is, you know, just a map of the roads, I guess. does this It looks show... cool. I don't know if it serves any real function. Well, does this have traffic on it? Because I, it's something I never ran into because I, I punked out and just went all roads. You know what I mean? All, all rails, you mean. Or rails, yeah. Yeah, I, maybe it does. I don't know. I don't think it does, though. Okay. I think it just shows you where it all is. Gotcha. Then we have the population maps or map with two options. Oh, right, yeah. You have, can look at the population density which shows you the most concentrated areas of population. Mm -hmm. And then you have the one that shows the growth rates, what areas are growing and shrinking. So you can kind of, these are really important, actually. Yeah, well, it can show you where things are working and where they're not. 
Yeah, and this definitely gives you an idea of where you're going to need to add better infrastructure or police departments or just things that will increase the commercial value of the properties where they're not growing. Yeah, yeah. And then we have traffic density, Nick. Ah, yes. And this will show you where the worst traffic is. And, uh, you know, dark green to red means watch out. This is bad news. Yeah, this is nothing to worry about if you build all rails. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. And if you keep rail access to at least one side of all of your your buildings. Right, right. Now, beyond traffic density, you can also check out your pollution levels. This is another very important map. Yeah, it will, you know, people will complain about it, and then you can see the problem is, and it's other than just bulldozing buildings, there's not much you can really do other than try to space it away from your residential zones. Yeah, it does point out where your big problems are, but, of course, the really only way to fix it is to bulldoze any... um, any of the big offending areas and rebuild them at the edge that you're closer to now that you've expanded or in just a different configuration. Right. It's tough. But not as tough as the crime rate, our crime. next map. Yeah. And it, of course, shows you uh, where the crime areas are. And this is pretty, you know, self-explanatory. Once you, you see some, some hot spots, go drop a police department in there and shake the crime stick at them. Yeah. It's very, very easy to fix that one. The yeah, opposite yeah. of pollution. Right, right. And then we have land value, and it shows you which sections are worth the most and how much they are in each area. Yeah, and in general, you just want the most land value, you know, the more the barrier. Like, some people will complain about housing prices, but... Oh, well, this you, is San Francisco, well, baby. Well, some people are going to... There's always things to complain about. Like, you, right. don't kid yourself into thinking you'll ever get to this point where there's, you know, 100% happiness. There, you know, it's tough. It, It'll tear you apart. But it does help you find out which areas are not going to be growing as well. So then you can maybe decide to put things near there that will boost them up, like a library or whatnot. Yeah. And then finally, we have stats for our fire and police department. Yeah, their coverage. And this is really your best bet for looking at placement of fire stations and police stations. Sure. Yeah, see about how far the radius goes. And, you know, the police one, of course, is almost opposite the crime, so... You can use those two to really pinpoint the criminals. Well, that's it for all of the maps and map information. But next up, we have a series of graphs. And man, if you didn't think this could get less interesting sounding, <laughs> it did. But no, they're actually pretty useful and pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. You, you can check out, uh, you know, what are the various graphs we got? Uh, residential zones, commercial zones, industrial pollution, land values, and crimes. And it will show it to you over a series of year sets. Gotcha. Yeah, I, did, I actually didn't use these too much or... It's just fun at the end of the game to go look at it right, and see, right. you know, where your jumps were and, and just how you progressed. Sure. Uh, okay. Then we have uh, information on taxes. And this is where you find your tax menu. And it is extremely important. But yeah, 7% was what um, I was always told was good. So I, I never really messed with it. You right. know, you can, if you need more money, bump it up. You can... You can also affect your uh, budget for police, fire coverage, transportation coverage. This is where, you know, you can decrease the amount of upkeep you spend on them if you're tight for money, but that will affect their performance. Yeah. But most importantly, you'll be coming here to do the big cheat. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> which we'll get there. Uh, and then we have a section called voice, which is interesting. It's just a kind of the popular opinion that kind of people tell you what's wrong with the city, perhaps. Yeah, you get your approval rate and then you, the top four problems and what percentage. But you will also see the, I, I guess, estimated yearly like immigration population yeah. change. Those are your uh, net migration statistics. Yeah, yeah. 
So I, I use that a bit. It's definitely helpful. And then we have a set of totals, which, you know, lists the number of buildings you have, all those kinds of things, and then goals you've met as well. Yeah, it's a good place to check your ratio of like residential to commercial to industrial totals. And then you have uh, an access to the brief history of some things you've done in the city, what you've built when you've accomplished certain milestones. Yeah. yeah. You've got access to the bank. Yeah, you can see how long till you can take another loan. And then that view we talked about, which is that awkward, weird scale model yeah, yeah. of the map. It's in here. Next week's game will continue to be SimCity. SimCity Part 2. Yes, for the Super Nintendo. So if you haven't checked it out yet, find a copy of this game any way you can. Maybe it's uh, still on your old Wii Virtual Console for the brief time it was available. Check it out. Check it out and play along, friends. And remember, if you can get your cities up to 500,000 population or more, let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com and we will shower you with praises for this as well yes you can also follow us at cartridge command on the facebooks where we'd love to hear from you see some of the fun things you find about these old games or share your memories of playing them we're also on twitter at cart command where i let you know when new shows drop and of course you can find us on patreon at www.patreon.com cartridge command where if you would like you can give us a few dollars every month and we will appreciate it through and through because it is your hard-earned money that makes this show possible yeah, there's no cheat code for our podcast to get a million dollars. At least not that I've found yet. So, right, and you know what? <laughs> it doesn't take a lot of money to keep this show running, but we do have a you know a little bit of overhead, and as long as you pay that for us, we'll keep making this show. So, thank you guys and gals so very much. Yeah, thanks. And as always, cartridge commandos, game on. <laughs> All right. Uh, so those <laughs> <laughs> sorry.